With challenges from regulation to competition, community and mutual banks need to redefine themselves to survive. Yet the elusive formula isn't so simple as leaning on traditional local relationships. So if that's the case, can the value proposition be redefined? And if so, how? To find out, we sat down with Michael Rao of Chelsea Groton Bank at BAI Beacon. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. It is wonderful to have you here with us. And we have a treat today on the program. We have Michael Rao, who's the president and CEO of Chelsea Groton Bank. Michael oversees a $1 billion asset mutual bank that's located in southeastern Connecticut and comprised of 15 locations. Founded in 1854, the bank focuses on customer service and community development, which is made at the largest independent bank in New London County. Michael, pleasure to have you here with us. It's so good to be here. Thanks, Lou. One of the things that excites me about being on the program today is the 160th anniversary of the bank where you launched 160 acts of kindness as a campaign. I can't think of anything better. Banks are always striving to make a difference. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I don't think I've ever been part of something that was more meaningful and just a rewarding experience on every level. Three years ago, we were talking about how to celebrate our 160th anniversary, which is something to be said in and of itself for a company to last 160 years. And, you know, we were talking about parties and we were talking about events and Nothing really seemed meaningful enough, and somebody came up with the idea of, you know what, instead of making something, let's make it a gift back to the community. And so we came up with this concept of giving each of our employees $160 that they could donate to the nonprofit of their choice in the community. Some went to their own church or their kids' schools. A lot, interestingly enough, went to pet-related organizations, but everybody got to choose where their $160 went. And it was such a success with our employees and with the people who received the money that we decided to continue it. So we do $100 a year now, actually just wrapping up this year's sort of campaign where everybody gets to designate where their $100 go. So any employee at Chelsea, no matter whether you've been there for a month or 30 years, you get to make a donation to the community. That is fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. That's why we're here to make a difference, but this is taking a very different and refreshing financial angle and getting you right out into the heart of the community. We're a mutual bank, so there's less than 600 of us, fewer than 600 of us left in the country. And I think in some respects, that's really what has allowed us to do things like this, the differentiation. Mutuals, I think, are a very misunderstood concept in banking. We have no shareholders. So 163 years ago, a group of local people got together to form a bank and you know instead of each of them taking five percent or ten percent they said sort of like a nonprofit we're gonna create this for the good of the community and the good of the customers so here we are 163 years later still focused on that core mission so as a CEO I don't have to answer to shareholders every single quarter as to you know why we didn't make our 12 percent growth there's still a profit motive as a mutual, but we have the opportunity really to focus exclusively on investing in the bank, investing in the community, investing in our employees. And that's incredibly rewarding 
personally as well as professionally. What are you doing within your organization and in your community to keep up with that or even keep ahead of that? I think one of the most interesting things we're doing right now in that regard is really re-examining the purpose, the mission, if you would, of the branch. As technology has changed the way we transact, you know, the internet, whether it's on your phone or on your laptop or your desktop, has really taken over the transactional part of the business. So branches are really designed for the old days when you had to go into a bank branch to do your transactions. You know, back in 1854, there wasn't a way to do transacting except by going to a branch. The business model isn't that much different than it was back in 1854, right? There's Mm -hmm. a row of tellers on one side, a row of desks on the other side. You know, the desks are nicer now and people dress a little bit differently. But from a functional standpoint, it's really the same business model. A lot of people are solving this dilemma by eliminating branches, shrinking branches, selling branches, automating branches. We've done a lot of research on different flagships that banks are coming up with. And what we really found was if we think about the business more from a retailer's perspective, and I don't mean retail banking, but from a real retailer, if you have a set of products that you sell through your store that people aren't buying anymore, your first reaction isn't to close the store or to shrink the square footage. It's what kind of products can I put in that store that people do want to buy? With our focus on the community, our focus on education, we're actually in the process of renovating one of our branches to turn it into more of a financial education center as opposed to a transaction center. The timing couldn't be better and the need is acute. Tell us about how that works and what role you're hoping to fill there. So there's this sort of continuum between not knowing much about it all the way out to being financially savvy. And so one part of this is really How can we help people become more financially attuned with what they're trying to do? Then I think along that continuum, each of us has certain things in our lives that are financially related, right? At some point, you know, you're thinking about your first house or you're getting married or you're thinking about retirement. There's these sort of big questions that people have. So the concept for us is really thinking about the branch as a much more friendly environment. There's a booth, there's a kitchen counter, there's sort of a den area, there's sort of a classroom area. So lots of different kinds of spaces where people can feel really more comfortable having a conversation about these questions that they have or problems that they're trying to solve rather than the big bad banker sitting across the big oak desk. That's fantastic. I mean, as far as big bad bankers, I think people really should be watching out for big bad podcast hosts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll keep that in mind. Community banks are really, in some places, in a struggle. Where do you see the landscape today? And if you could speak to your colleagues and other people at the community bank level, what would you encourage them to do? You know, to me, no matter what kind of business you're in, it doesn't matter if you're in the banking business or the entertainment business or the hotel business, you've got to provide value to a large enough group of people to be able to support your mission. You know, so I can't tell you how many times I've heard bankers say, all of our products are the same. A checking account is a checking account. You know, a branch is a branch. A mortgage is a mortgage. And I just fundamentally disagree with that. I think You could say that about soap. Well, soap is soap, soap is soap. You know, you go into the store, there's a lot of different choices of soaps. They're different shapes, different smells, different textures, you know. And I think we need as bankers to really focus more on differentiating ourselves. The other thing is a lot of people talk about, well, we provide great service. 
I think that's probably true, but I think about not just banks, but companies who provide great service, you know, the Disneys, the Apples, the Four Seasons of the world. They can really point to very tangible, very specific things that their employees do day in and day out. They train to it. They measure it. Just to say, well, we give great service because we're local and we know the local economy. I don't think that cuts it anymore. I think you can compete on service, but if you're going to compete on service, you've really got to make a process out of making sure that you're doing it every day, day in and day out, person by person and interaction by interaction. How have you tried to carry that through at Chelsea Groton? Because that is a fascinating point you make about going beyond just service as a value to really carrying it through as something that is tangible. Yeah. We sort of started on this mission a couple of years ago and kind of had this epiphany as we were looking at what other banks were doing and sort of benchmarking these new branch concepts. I mean, we're all facing the same problem, right? So a lot of people are trying to solve the same problem that we are. And so we started looking at what other banks were doing. And frankly, what we found was nobody was really doing anything that was fundamentally changing the value proposition. A lot of people were doing the same thing in the same place, but a different way, right? So you know, teller pods, for example, have been all the rage for a while. I'm not convinced that someone's going to come to a branch who never came to a branch before just because they're transacting at a pod instead of a teller line, right? Just because you have big video screens on the walls or you have a welcome desk, that doesn't fundamentally get people to come into the branch. So we really stopped looking at what other banks were doing and started looking at what other retailers and entertainment companies were doing. So Probably the one that's had the most direct impact on us is the Disney company. We took eight of our senior executives down to the Disney Institute in Orlando for a week and went through their training on everything from leadership to operations to branding. It was an extraordinary experience. And I think one of the things as it relates to your question that came out of this was everything that Disney does is purposeful and scripted. Nothing happens by accident. The way we sort of translated that into our business, and I talked about this a little bit in my presentation at BAI Beacon, was I think as bankers, a lot of times we start with what does the technology allow us to do? What will the attorneys allow us to do? What will the accountants allow us to do? What will the risk managers allow us to do? And once you've established all of that, then you say, okay, now that we know, you know what the parameters are, How can we turn this into a good customer experience? The Disney training really taught us to turn that model around 180 degrees and start with what do we want the customer experience to be like from the time they walk into the door, the full interaction they have with our employee to the time they walk out of the door. Oh, and by the way, before and after, what do we want that experience to look like? Let's design that experience and then make sure that we do it in a way that the lawyers agree with, the accountants agree with, the auditors agree with. But it's really about the voice of the customer and making sure that in a very granular way you're defining what that experience is and then making sure you have the systems in place to make sure that your employees are carrying that out. In terms of the voice of the customer, it sounds like you are hearing that loud and clear. So (laughs) some terrific insights that I've learned from and hopefully our audience will learn from as well. So thank you, Michael, for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lou, for having me. Michael Rao is president and CEO of Chelsea Groton Bank, and you can look for Michael on LinkedIn. 
And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, when trying to answer the ever-present question of what to do with branches, it's helpful to think about it from a business retailer's perspective. When products are no longer in demand, you don't close the store. Ask yourself, what is it that customers need? Think about how you provide value and dare to change the value proposition. Number two, in terms of how community banks can redefine the value proposition, think of financial wellness. In the case of Chelsea Groton, one branch has been reconfigured to include a kitchen counter and classroom area, a space that makes people feel comfortable as they learn the ins and outs of financial wellness. And number three, while banks often go through a flow chart that looks like compliance to the attorney, to the accountants, to the risk management team, before they formulate an idea, consider turning that on its head and come up with the idea first that provides the value proposition to your clients and customers. One way to think about this is the Disney company's purposeful scripted way of bringing their products and services to the people that they serve. During the podcast, Michael shared some of the fantastic things that his organization has done to engage employees and their community to celebrate their 160th anniversary. But they're far from alone. As part of BMO Harris's 200th anniversary, the bank made large donations, including $11 million to programs in BAI's hometown of Chicago, but it also made smaller ones, too, that had a positive impact, such as a coffee maker and a special coffee blend to the employees of Kids Help Phone in Canada. An employee of the program made the request through the BMO 200 fountain, which BMO took across North America and Canada. Here's a quick snippet from the segment about the Kids Help Phone employee's wish. So Melanie was actually the first person I met, my first friend at Kids Help Phone. She puts a lot of herself in the calls that she gets, the posts that she writes. So Melanie's a counselor at Kids Help Phone, and she's made a wish in our BMO 200 fountain to be able to get a coffee machine for her team to enjoy. Kids Help Phone is actually a 24-hour service, so some of them are working in hours where the local coffee shops are closed, and to get that minute away from their desk and get coffee is sometimes very difficult. BMO's generosity and kindling of good feeling serves as a guiding light for all banks looking to make a difference. How is your bank doing that? I'd love to hear your story, so drop me a line through my LinkedIn page, and while you're at it, be sure to connect. Look for Lou Carlozo, Managing Editor at BAI. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org, and look for us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. We hope you tune in next week when a new podcast goes up. I'm Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.